Welcome to the Give to Profit podcast, the podcast that inspires business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders to turn their business into a profitable force for good. During our weekly episodes, you'll hear business leaders and entrepreneurs share how they put social impact at the heart of their business and the many benefits that come from doing this. You can find full show notes for today's show and additional resources at givetoprofit.com. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, where it would also be great if you could leave us a rating and review. For every review this month, we'll be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. And so now, here's your host, business mentor, speaker and author, Alison McKenzie. Hi everyone, this is Alison and I'm delighted to be with you today. So thanks for tuning in. And today I'm really excited to be chatting to someone who I've been stalking for the last couple of years. Not in a bad way, (laughs) but because his blogs, newsletters and podcasts are one of the few I consistently check out most weeks. It's always great to chat with someone you've got great respect for. So today I'm delighted to be having this conversation with the person I see as the world's leading expert expert in cause marketing, Joe Waters. Welcome, Joe. Thank you so much, Allison. And I appreciate the stalking. Now I know who it is. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I, I, always, I always look over my shoulder and I hear a Scottish accent, but I, I never catch you in time. But now I know. <laughs> I do. I'll fool you another way, Joe. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, dear. So, I mean, for those of you who don't know you, Joe, I mean, I know you as the co host of the brilliant podcast, Cause Talk Radio, blogger at Selfish Giving, and author of several books. But mm-hmm. with um, many people of our age, did I say it? There's a journey we've been on um, to get to a place where we're doing what we're doing now. So I wonder if you could share what that journey has been for you and how you first got involved in cause marketing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, to go way back, I, you know, when I first got out of graduate school in the, uh, in the mid uh, 1990s, which obviously seems a very, very long time ago, um, I ended up with a first job in the nonprofit sector. And it was around sponsorship, which is kind of the what I like to think of as cause marketing 1.0. In terms of, you know, back then, sponsorship was very popular. Sponsorship is different from cause marketing in that it's really just about companies writing checks to be part of nonprofit events. And that's really what I started my career, Allison. And I was always interested in that intersection of cause, business, and marketing. And, you know, I spent many years at that intersection with sponsorship with uh, mostly organizations here in the greater Boston area where I live. But in 2004, I started a position at um, the, the New England's largest safety net hospital, which is called Boston Medical Center. And uh, it was the same year also, Allison, that I started Selfish Giving. So I've been blogging since 2004. And I started uh, BMC's cause marketing program. And that's when I really fully embraced cause marketing and started working with businesses on a full-time basis. And I did that till about 2011, you know, growing their program to over 40 corporate partners and raising millions of dollars and all that time really using selfish giving as a way to talk about the things that we were mainly doing at Boston Medical Center. Uh, but in 2011, I had the opportunity to write cause marketing for dummies Uh, for Wiley, which was a lot of fun. And I wrote that with someone I worked with at BMC, Joanna McDonald. 
And in 2011, I went out on my own. And since then, I've been, you know, consulting with nonprofits and businesses with a focus on speaking and writing. Because as you know, I love to write my blog. I love to write for other outlets. And I love to speak, you know, and having just come back from the Engage for Good conference where I spoke there is a good example of something I would do. But, you know, right now I'm just fully focused on helping nonprofits and businesses put together those win-win partnerships. Oh, I, I always find it so fascinating to hear people's journeys and yeah, how they've got to, you know, where they are. That's right. That's right. And, and for me, it was just always kind of that interest in working with businesses. And, you know, one of the things too, Allison, I, you know, I've spent my entire life in the nonprofit sector, but I'm very interested in business marketing and how businesses market themselves. I would say that I read probably twice as many publications on business marketing as I do on nonprofit marketing, simply because I think there is so much opportunity in business and there's so much to learn because they are really at the cutting edge of what's happening with businesses and marketing. So I try to learn as much as I can from those folks. Yeah, definitely. And I guess actually what's happening now is that, uh, that, that that's coming together, isn't it? A lot more. You're seeing an overlap in different strategies that people are yeah. using. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, what's good now, and I try to tell this to younger people, and I'm sure you can appreciate this too, is, you know, back in, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002, when I was really starting my cause marketing journey for a bunch of organizations, it was something that you really needed to explain to businesses about why they should be working with a cause in a really strategic way. Um, most businesses were obviously used to giving to charities, but they weren't really used to working with charities in a strategic way. So I really had to educate people on that. The good thing these days, Allison, is you don't have to educate businesses these days about cause marketing because they already know that they should be, they should have a cause marketing partner and that, you know, the fifth P of marketing now purpose is becoming so ingrained in businesses. The challenge really is figuring out what types of nonprofits and causes you should be working with as a business and not so much about whether you should be doing it, which is kind of the default answer is yes. God, I love that. The fifth P of marketing's purpose. I yeah. haven't actually heard that. Um, yeah. and, I, and I teach marketing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I know just... who I, I'm trying to think of who said that to me. And I think it was maybe Carol Cohn. Carol Cohn, oh, yes. as you know, yeah. is the mother of cause marketing. And, uh, and she informs me about all these great things. But definitely there is that fifth P of purpose now. And the great thing is, is so many companies and we're seeing a lot of other smaller and medium sized companies uh, starting to embrace cause marketing. Yeah, and that's going to be one of my questions, actually, is about the difference between, you know, it's interesting hearing you say that, you know, nowadays you don't have to explain it as much. And it's yeah. possibly because I think that you have worked with a lot of large organizations, whereas I'm working with a lot of, you know, just the individual business owner on, you know, the solopreneur, yeah, rather right. than the larger organization where it's still very new in that market. So I wonder for those people who are listening in and mm -hmm. they don't know what it is, it would be good if you could just share what your definition of what cause marketing is before we go on to that discussion. Yeah, no, that, it's a really good question because, you know, the challenge with our field is it's a bit fragmented in what we call it. And a lot of times cause marketing is viewed as the, simply the marketing of causes. Like, you know, someone will send me a tweet or an email that says, hey, Joe, there's a great example of of cause marketing, but what they're really talking about is the marketing of causes in terms of maybe they saw a great commercial or ad or promotion that involved causes. 
But for me, I really identify cause marketing as a partnership between a nonprofit and a for-profit for mutual profit. And Allison, how that relationship is really defined, it's defined by win-win and work-work. Both partners win. The business raises money, makes money off working with the nonprofit, and the nonprofit raises money, and hopefully it's awareness with its target audience through cause marketing. But what we also have to remember about cause marketing is that it's work, work. Both partners have to work for each other's success. And, you know, this isn't about a company writing a check once a year and sending it to a nonprofit, and this isn't about a nonprofit picking up a check once a year from a business. This is about a long-term strategic partnership that benefits both partners. And that, for many businesses and nonprofits, is a new idea. Yeah, totally. And have you, have you, can, do you see a difference between what, for instance, maybe large, you know, larger organizations and businesses who maybe, as you say, they understand it and they understand that, you know, the need for having that relationship, that partnership. Do you see a difference between what smaller businesses and the larger businesses are doing or do you see them coming together? Well, I definitely think larger businesses are on board with purpose and cause marketing and realizing that every business needs that type of competitive edge. And here are the States, Allison, it's kind of interesting that now we're seeing even like bigger companies that have for years really kind of put aside purpose-related activities or cause marketing activities. Companies like Amazon and Apple, who, you know, in publicly didn't really do a lot for causes through the year. As a matter of fact, Steve Jobs at Apple's was not a big fan of supporting causes. He thought his role in the world was to create shareholder wealth, and that shareholder wealth would go to nonprofits, but it wasn't the company's responsibility to support nonprofits. Uh, it's kind of a, what we call here in the States a Warren Buffett approach. Uh, Warren Buffett has actually spoken at length about how he doesn't feel like companies should be involved with causes. They should be focused on creating shareholder wealth that in turn can go to causes. But that's changing. And we're seeing companies like Apple and Amazon really come around and do the cause work. And what we're seeing is a real trickle down effect to small and medium sized businesses. And I think we're really seeing that Cause marketing is a legitimate part of the marketing mix now. So even when small businesses are thinking about how they can promote themselves, how they can get their name out there, how they can help causes on their own terms, uh, cause marketing is increasingly becoming an opportunity. So that's what, you know, I think that's what really is exciting to me and you, Allison, is I do work with a lot of big companies, but I work with a lot of mid-sized and small companies too. And I'm really excited about, that we could create a much, much bigger philanthropic pie by engaging what are millions of small businesses out there in cause marketing so that they're working with their customers and employees to raise money. Yeah, totally. You know, and it's interesting because a number of conversations I have with charities and causes who say that, you know, they target the big pots of money, the, mm. you know, the foundations or yeah. they target the corporations. And so many of them just have never thought about this massive market of small yes. to medium sized businesses. That's right. And, you know, the good thing about that, Alison, is that when you are realistic about what the opportunity is with that base, I mean, you know, we have a great partnership that we talk about all the time here in the States between St. Jude, Children's Research Hospital in Kmart. And Kmart is a large retailer here in the States. And they just celebrated raising $100 million with them, with each other. And I mean, that's a really impressive feat. And that's, that's a incredible. lot of money. I know that's incredible, right? For something mm -hmm. like that. 
And I think that as long as you have realistic expectations that, you know, look, you know, a five chain restaurant isn't a, you know, isn't Kmart, you're not going to raise a hundred million dollars, but that doesn't mean you couldn't significantly move the needle and raise some money that could really contribute to a cause. I mean, you know, not too many weeks ago on Cause Talk Radio, I interviewed a small restaurant chain here in the mid-Atlantic states that raised over a couple of years, a couple hundred thousand dollars for a charity. I mean, that is a very successful fundraiser for a small chain of restaurants. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the opportunity is with a lot of businesses is that over time with the right type of fundraising tactics, they can really move the needle for their favorite cause. Yeah, definitely. And one of the topics that I've been speaking about with a few other contacts is how actually as, as the owner of a small to medium sized business, to some extent we have more agility because right. we can implement things quicker. You know, That's our right. businesses aren't segregated so much between, you know, our corporate social responsibility arm, a marketing arm, and the rest of the organization. That's right. Absolutely. I totally together. agree with that. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I like working with small and medium-sized businesses is they do have a lot more flexibility. And, you know, it's interesting when I talk to nonprofits, Allison, about what types of businesses they should target. In many instances, I'm encouraging them to target private businesses with founders as opposed mm -hmm. to CEOs because founders can really move things quickly along in the company. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Gosh, there's so many different things we could talk about, but I'm going to Absolutely. keep it focused. I'm going to keep it focused. I'm going to be the same way we need to be strategic with our cause marketing. I'm going to be so I wondered if you could just share, I mean, I know that on your Pinterest board, you've got an incredible library of resources that you share, which is brilliant for anybody listening in. Go check it out. Are there any cause marketing campaigns that have really stood out for you in terms of just them being exceptional in one way or another? You know, there are so many different campaigns that are happening out there that, you know, that, that I think we could talk about in that regard too. I mean, one of the things that I love about cause marketing is when we kind of get a non-traditional business that we don't really think of doing cause marketing, but then they turn around and they do a fantastic job of it. And then I can like turn around to people and say, look, anyone can do cause marketing. And uh, recently on my blog, I actually profiled a chain of garden centers in the Ohio area of the states where, you know, it, over, you know, over several years, they've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for Cleveland Clinic's Children's Hospital. And annually, they raise over $100,000. And what we're talking about here, Allison, is a chain of eight stores. And what has been amazing about this, one, that's not a lot of stores to work with, but what's been amazing about this too is they have a great relationship with Scott's miracle Grow in the States. And they went to Scott's and said, we would love you to be a part of this promotion that we're doing for Cleveland Clinic's Children's Hospital. And would you be a matching sponsor? So if we raise $50,000 at the register with our customers, would you match that? And Scott's came back and said, yes. And that was something that increased the success of the program dramatically. So now not only do they have the relationship with Scots, but they do another program, Allison, during the course of the year, during the winter months when they're not quite as busy, but they can still raise money from their customers. And they're raising another $40,000, $50,000 from that endeavor. So in total, here we have a chain of eight stores raising $250,000 a year. 
for nonprofits. That's very impressive. That's brilliant. And I love how they've brought in cause, you know, the cause marketing piece with the customers and then also, this, you know, getting somebody else to sponsor that. Um, you know, if, if we just sort of delved into that a little bit more, what was it specifically then that they were doing at the checkout or at the register with their customers? Where, well, where was, the, how, were they, how were they asking for that money? Yeah, well, it, you know, because and, you know, a lot of times, too, when I'm dealing with nonprofits or I'm dealing with businesses in a lot of instances, I'm dealing with B2Cs, right? I'm dealing with business to consumer companies and you know essentially when you're dealing with the b2c the biggest opportunity for you is in what we call checkout charity or uh, point of sale and that is really when at the register they're doing something along the lines of a charity icon which is usually a paper icon that people can fill their names out on um, patini's garden center who i was talking about actually did that for a few years um, they now do what we call register programs, which are a straight ask at the register without the icon. But we've also seen a lot of success at the register with donation boxes. You know, McDonald's, for example, raises tens of millions of dollars every year with donation boxes. And donation boxes can be a great strategy in the right business that is mainly still cash driven. But we've also seen other things like roundup programs, which I actually think, Allison, can be one of the most powerful charity checkout programs because it's always asking people for less than a dollar and so it's a very easy ask from people and on cause talk radio a few weeks ago allison we actually talked to a, a one a one store grocery store in burlington vermont that in the past few years has raised like three hundred thousand dollars by through uh, roundup programs at the register so you know these programs are, are really impressive and they're probably the most lucrative way to raise money from businesses that have registers, cashiers, and checkout lines. So, you know, when I talk to people and I find that they may be working with a B2C, but they're not doing checkout charity, you know, I tell them you're leaving a lot of money on the table because that is really your biggest opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny with the Roundup programs, I can see how that would be re really powerful. You know, in Scotland, we have here, we have to pay for plastic bags now, you know, if we may have any bags. And that money that's collected at the checkout for that um, goes off to charity. That's just, you know, that's the latest. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's great. And, and now I find I want, it's fun, it's really strange, the psyche of it, because actually it's all to do with, to stop us using carrier bags. Yeah. And um, so actually I deliberately, you know, I, I leave a shop carrying wads of goods without a carrier bag. But what I do is I still look for the box and actually I would be willing to put more in the box than I might, would actually pay for a bag, which is most right. of the bar. Yeah. Most of the bar. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's powerful about a Roundup program too, Allison, is you know a lot of businesses are looking at how they can extend their fundraising drives. You know, the challenge with doing an ask at the register uh, all the time, especially if it's between one and five dollars, is that after a little while you get burnt out. Customers get burnt out. Employees get burnt out. The good thing about a Roundup program is because you are talking about such a small amount. Places like City Market in Burlington, Vermont can do those year round. And so it's a small ask, but it's something that can be done all the time. And I think that's really contributed to the success of the program. Whereas other programs like Petiti's, the garden center that does two programs a year, those programs are generally limited to four to six weeks, which are usually pretty ideal in terms of how long you want to do a program like that. Yeah, 
yeah, no, I get you. And do you have any examples of more service-based businesses? If we've got listeners that run service-based businesses of... If you're talking about, oh, so it, it, what you're probably talking about is more like B2B businesses, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. real estate yeah. firms and stuff like that. Well, this is where I think you need to be a little bit more creative, you know, with your cost marketing programs. And, you know, what I encourage a lot of nonprofits to do in working with B2Bs is they really identify what the organization has a passion for. Like, you know, here in the States, a lot of businesses do, you know, they, they do betting around the, the annual March Madness basketball tournament here in the States. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've really encouraged B2Bs to do is, hey, if you're doing a program like that, and you're a real estate firm or accounting house or what have you, turn it into a fundraiser for your favorite charity. You may even be able to get rid of it because, you know, to, to do it because in a lot of instances, a lot, some employees don't want to do, you know, betting in the workplace because it's, it's essentially illegal here in the States. And, <laughs> uh, you know, doing a fundraiser is something that maybe is a little bit more sanitary for the boss in terms of doing a program, but you need to be a little bit more creative. I mean, one of the examples I love is there was a software company that we talked to in California. And one of the things that they did is they were doing take a demo, get a goat. And it sounds like a strange campaign. It is, <laughs> but what they did was they said to people, if you demo our software product, we will donate a goat to a family in a third world country that is in need of of that animal. And, you know, it worked into this fabulous fundraiser for them that not only did it drive engagements with their software, but their employees loved it, Allison. You know, all they could talk about was the goats ended up on their websites. They went to trade shows, <laughs> brought goats with them. And, you know, so, you know, this, this lady who started the program actually told me, she goes, Joe, the people call me the goat lady now. Hey, there's the goat lady. And, you know, as you can imagine, this is a technology company that sells a fairly boring product storage. And, you know, this is, was a way to kind of light a fire under what they were doing. So, no, we are not talking about, the, you know, the tens of thousands of dollars that Petiti's or City Market raises or the millions of dollars that, say, Kmart raises for St. Jude. But these programs can be lucrative in their own right uh, because they're fundraisers and they really engage the staff and the employees, especially the millennials, as you can imagine. And those people in turn could be, you know, good contributors to the organization. Yeah, totally. You know, it's interesting because there's a, an organization over here called Wild Hearts, which is, mm -hmm. a, they, they supply um, stationery to corporates. It's just, you know, social enterprise set up to do that so they could have social impact and get people signing up, you know, the large yeah. companies signing up quite easily. Um, and one of their programs they have is where they, it's actually a staff engagement program where they get companies companies from all over the UK to compete against each other in That's team. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's brilliant because they raise all this money through all the different organizations and schools. It's not just organizations. They have it all going at the same time. And for staff engagement, it can be a great opportunity, you know, yeah. so it's yeah. thinking creatively, isn't it? About it is. it, how you, know, you can bring it, it into your culture and your organization. Well, you know, I think the most difficult thing for nonprofits too is they have to be willing to go to a business and say, what do you want to do? as opposed to you know, going to a business and saying, hey, we have a walk coming up. Do you want to come to our walk? Or do you want us to come? Do you want to come to our gala or whatever type of event? You know, I really think the days of nonprofits running like dozens of events to attract you know, people and corporate partnerships 
are fading compared to when we give people the opportunity to raise money by the way they want to do it as opposed to the way that we want. And as you can imagine, Allison, that makes nonprofits feel a little uncomfortable. Like, well, what do you mean? You know, that means you have to be more consultative when you go into businesses and you talk to them about fundraisers because you want them to do something that they can be behind because that's where the real money is, is in tapping their passion and their network to support your cause. Totally. Totally. And it's so fascinating, Joe, to hear, to hear you talking about the different factors to consider because they're exactly the same factors that I, I would work with with a business yes. when having their conversations with, with the causes. You know, it's, yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, what's one of the questions that I get asked quite a bit, is this really a way to grow your business? So, I mean, I know you've interviewed so many different people. What, you know, if you were to try and give some kind of estimate or the feedback you get from the guests that you've spoken to from all these different companies to what extent could cause marketing contribute to the actual growth of a business yeah you know i think it can be i think it can really aid the business i think what the challenge with a lot of businesses is with a lot of types of marketing is their ability to measure it in terms of the impact and stuff and you know so a lot of times i think businesses are eager to use cause and they do that, but a lot of times they're not measuring the impact. And, you know, the organizations that I've actually talked to, Allison, that have actually gone out of their way to measure the impact or cause on their business have really reported a dramatic increase. And, you know, one, one example in particular is a sub shop chain here, a sandwich shop chain here in the States called Jersey Mike's. And we interviewed them on uh, Cost Talk Radio, and you can find this podcast. And I asked the, the marketing manager, I said, how much do you think causes contributed to the sex, success of your business? And he said, Allison, between 25 and 35%. I mean, to th think about that, Allison. Wow. That is from a quarter to a third of the success of the business. And here's what's something was interesting too. He said that cause was actually playing a big role in finding new franchisee owners for their business because what they would do is they would talk to these people about their cause initiatives. And if people really didn't see the value of working with a cause, they kind of concluded that maybe this person wouldn't be a good franchise owner. Yeah. So, you know, cause was a way of, kind of identifying the right types of people to work with their businesses. So, you know, I, I think one of the things that's really important with cause is we shouldn't overstate the importance of it because it is part of the marketing mix and a lot of other things go into the success of your company. Uh, but that being said, I've heard people say from anywhere to five to 35% of their business success is due to cause. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And you're absolutely right. I mean, there are so many different factors. I mean, at, the, at the end of the day, one of them is if you don't have a good product or service to offer, this isn't going to make right. any difference whatsoever. Right, right. No, that's right. I mean, look at someone like here in the States, like Chipotle. And Chipotle is a, you know, a great company. They're in the food business here in the States. I think you have them in the UK. I may be wrong. And, uh, but, you know, Chipotle actually had some real sanitation and health issues associated with their stores that really did damage to their brand. And although they were doing cause marketing, it may have helped them bounce back faster and better than if they didn't. But the fact was, is that their product was compromised. 
And, yeah. you know, no amount of cause marketing is going to make that better. So I, in a lot of instances, what I'm telling people is this is the candle on top of the cake. This is the icing on top of the cake when we do cause. But at the end of the day, you have to have a good cake inside. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. And, and I guess one of the other things is, and I've been speaking to some other contacts and friends here about this, is that actually there, there needs to be some kind of alignment between not just the, the, the actual decision to support a cause, but actually the whole of what a business is about, the whole ethos and the alignment yes. of staff to that, because there's yes. no point in having, you know, doing, you know, do really well, you know, having a good product or service, be, you know, having a good cause marketing campaign, or you're going out with it, that could be good, right. but actually your business is doing something else that completely conflicts with that. That's right. And you make an excellent point, Allison, because in a lot of instances, if we think of purpose in general as a tree, cause marketing is really only the leaf or the fruit on the tree. It's that visible yeah. part. But every business needs that strong trunk and deep roots in purpose to be successful. And, you know, one of the examples we can all admire is someone like Starbucks, who does a great job saying, look, our purpose is to be not only a leader in our industry, but a leader in the world. And then the programs that they do along those lines, their programs to send their employees to college, to give vets jobs. They did a promotion last week with Lady Gaga, where they raised $250,000 for her Born This Way Foundation. Uh, you know, those are all reflections of their purpose. But if a business just starts out and saying, you know, I just want that shiny fruit on the end of my branches, it doesn't work that way. Because for many customers and employees, that is going to be bitter for them, because they're not going to see the authenticity and the sincerity that really produces that sweet result that people want from their cause marketing programs. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, with that, I suppose, link connected to that is, you know, have, have, you, have you seen any examples of cause marketing campaigns that just have fallen flat? Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you know, actually, it's kind of interesting. There aren't as many as, you know, and it's interesting, we're talking about on my Pinterest boards. People should know I have a whole Pinterest board on just bad cause marketing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they range from, uh, you know, uh, a gun that benefit a pink gun that benefited breast cancer charities uh, to, uh, you know, the the infamous buckets for the cure here in the States between uh, Coleman and I shouldn't pick on Coleman so much. But, uh, you know, that, you know, this big partnership between Coleman and Kentucky Fried Chicken and, you know, that went belly up several years ago. I mean, they ended up raising a lot of money from the campaign, but not as much as they had wanted to. But in a lot of instances, these things stem from inauthenticity and insincerity, right? And that they are not things that are reflective of the positive nature or the positive goals that the nonprofit or the cause wants to achieve. And, you know, when you don't consider those things, you know, public opinion can turn quickly against you, especially in our social media world. Yeah, definitely. I think we've seen that happen in so oh, many different yes. ways, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, for something um, like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, what what trends do you see 
you know, potentially coming up in the next few years around cause marketing? Well, you know, I think it's really interesting because as cause marketers, we talk a lot about checkout charity, a point of sale, depending on what you want to call about. And I do think that it, it is a really important strategy. It's a very lucrative strategy. As a matter of fact, Engage for Good just came out with their America's checkout charity report. And it talked about checkout charity being up four and a half percent here in the States. You know, so it, it continues to grow, but there is a major disruption underway in the retail sector. And retail is really changing from less of a transactional big box experience to more of a boutique experience that will, you know, people will actually go to the store to kind of experience uh, products and to learn about them. And then in many instances, buy them online. But, you know, and I think as cost marketers, we need to be aware that the changes in retail will probably result in fewer dollars raised at the register, but more money raised from other more creative examples of cause marketing. And you know, a lot of it could have to do with purchase triggered donations, which is different from point of sale in that a certain percentage or portion of the sale goes to a charity when people buy a product. We may see more of those programs. And we just also may see more programs that tap into people's individual networks and encourage people to reach out to their own networks. Uh, through social media and through mobile uh, to raise money for good causes. And brands, companies could be a great uh, motivator of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, you know, it in, will in, be. Long, yeah. you know in the online world with technology. and stuff. That's right. No, um, I think technology. And, you know, one of the things that we actually haven't seen a lot of growth in in POS and checkout charity is online retailers using it. And I think there's an incredible opportunity there. I mean, talking about Amazon earlier, I would love for Amazon to get rid of Amazon Smiles and just use a Roundup program mm-hmm. um, at checkout so that when people, you know, much like uh, GoDaddy, the internet service company and domain company does, where when you're checking out, it says, hey, you spent $21.50 today. Would you like to round up 50 cents and donate that to one of these five charities? I think if we saw more online retailers doing that, we could see some huge growth in terms of how businesses in general raise money. But we haven't really seen those programs yet. No, no, yeah. not not too much. Um, so not brilliant. Well, Joe, I mean, I could just keep talking to you, but oh, I and I could be with you too. <laughs> we'll have to save that for another time. So I wonder if if there was one last piece of advice that you could give our listeners for growing a business that really, you know, could have a positive impact um, through cause marketing. What would it be? You know, I think the biggest thing is that cause marketing isn't an end in itself. It's you know, in a lot of times I say that cause marketing doesn't doesn't build success it reflects success and the most important thing companies and nonprofits can do is to enhance their brand and when you have a strong brand the result of that can be a very strong cause marketing program and you know and i use it you know an example we all know st jude's children's research hospital that now raises hundreds of millions of dollars with cause marketing every year and one of the reasons they've been so successful with that is because they've built an incredible brand that was actually raising a lot of money before that hundreds of millions of dollars more 
uh, you know, before they ever did cause marketing. And what I always encourage people to start with are those, that foundation, that bare bones, because when you're a strong brand that people know, like, and trust and gravitate toward, you are naturally going to find and work with more companies on cause marketing programs. So in a lot of instances, the cause marketing, again, it's out at the end of the branch. You need to focus on the trunk and the roots of your organization to be successful with it. Totally. And, you know, if we get that branding piece right and have a brand that reflects our social values and that helps with that alignment piece, I guess we were talking Absolutely. about earlier as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no, one of the charities I admire in, uh, in your neck of the woods is uh, Marie Curie, uh, which I think is down in London. And, you know, they've done a great job, I think, building their brand that has led to a lot of corporate partnerships. Another organization, I think specifically in uh, Scotland is Shelter UK, yeah. that they've done some very innovative things with their stores. They were an early adopter of mobile technology uh, to engage uh, their customers and their supporters. And, you know, they've done a great job as well. So I think it, you don't have to look too far to see why successful organizations are doing well in cause. The challenge is is to find the, the, you know, the motivation, the mindset and the resources to replicate that success. What fantastic tips. And but yeah, a great way to just wrap this up. So thank you, thank you so much for sharing everything, Joe. If if people want to get hold of you um, and check out your blog and your podcast, how can they best do this? Uh, the easiest thing to do, if you're interested in talking to me minute to minute, visit me on Twitter at Joe Waters. Uh, people can uh, visit, obviously, SelfishGiving.com. I've been writing that since uh, 2004. So there's a ton of resources there for people. I even have a getting started or start here page that people can check out and read kind of the most important pieces that I've written. And then, you know, going back to our Pinterest boards, which I think is one of the most useful assets I've created for people. It has over 4,000 thousand cause related pins organized by type of campaign so you know here we are talking about uh, purchase trigger donations I have a whole board on purchase trigger donations charity pinups whole board on that donation boxes roundups they all have their own individual boards so people can get a good feel of what these programs look like and how they operate yeah, and they are, a, they, they are a fantastic resource just to get, I could get lost looking at those. I know, <laughs> well, you could get lost just looking at Pinterest, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And do you still have your, you were doing your cause marketing 101 is, is it, what's it called? Your, your free little email? Oh, yes. Yeah. If people sign up, if people sign up for my newsletter online, they can, I have a five day cause marketing e-course that they can take. And it really goes through a lot of the basic things that we've talked about today. And people have found it very useful and I've gotten some, uh, some good feedback on it. So, you know, there's a ton of free resources on my blog, on my Pinterest boards, on Twitter, if you're active there and follow me daily. So I really try to serve my audience so I think people will find those things helpful and useful yeah I'm sure they will and um, I just want to say again Joe thanks so much for sharing not only your time but all your wisdom um, there are so many nuggets I'm taking away the fifth P of marketing I can't believe I didn't know that one that's yeah. just so obvious now you've mentioned that one <laughs> and I just loved how you summed up there that cause marketing doesn't build success it reflects it so yes. you know that was a nice way to just wrap it all up um, I have I've enjoyed this conversation very much and I'm sure our listeners will have too 
So thanks very much to those of you who've been tuning into this episode. I look forward to connecting with you again next time. Remember to check out givetoprofit.com and alison.com for the full show notes plus details of how to connect with Joe. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. And it would be great if you would like to leave us a review there too. So until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Gift to Profit podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes so you hear about our next episodes. It would be great if you left a rating and review of the show there too. For every review this month, Alison will be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. You can connect and chat with Alison on Twitter using the handle at Alison Mac and through the Give to Profit Facebook fan page. And if you don't already have a copy of Alison's best-selling book, Give to Profit, How to Grow Your Business by Supporting Charities and Social Causes, you can get this on Amazon around the world.